Welcome to Refocus. I'm your host, Trevor Wilson. This is a podcast of Sunday school lessons that I've taught, some sermons that I have preached. Uh, I have various guests at different times. Uh, Basically, the, the whole idea is to just kind of refocus back on the Word of God, going back to those Bible stories, studying the scriptures. Let's just, just kind of get out of ourselves, out of our own thinking, and go back to the Word of God and see what He has to say. I love those old Sunday school lessons when we were kids. We seem to have gotten away from some of those, just the bare bones bottom of what the Word of God, the meat and potatoes, if you will. So I hope you enjoy it and pass along and share. Now, let's get to the lesson. Hello, and we're back again. Still in Matthew chapter 8. Uh, we've, um, I think we finished up on verse 15. Yeah, verse 15 last time. So we're down to verse 16. And as I said before, at Matthew chapter 8, there are actually a lot of divisions here. He addresses a lot of different situations. And and you can kind of see each of the divisions here. Um, You know, like in the last one we said in verse uh, 14, and when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, then verse 16, when the evening was come, now verse uh, 18, now when Jesus saw the great multitudes about him, um, and then verse 23, and when he was entered into a ship, you know, those are those are kind of dividing points that talk about, okay, now we're, we're switching gears, you know, we're moving into the next uh, uh, segment of th- this day that Jesus is spending here, or this time Jesus is spending here. And, and so, like I said, he addresses a lot of different topics and different uh, occasions. So um, now we're down to uh, verse 16. Verse 16 and 17 go together. They address the same uh, situation. Um, And it says, When uh, the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. So I want to kind of uh, bring out maybe three or four different things here that are addressed. Um, for, you know, when the even was coming, he's, he's had a long day. I think the inference here is that it's been a long day. Uh, Jesus is beginning to tire. And you'll see that a little bit later on here where he actually tells people, look, you guys, you need to go away. I need to go to the other side of the lake here and get some rest. Uh, they don't really allow that to happen. But nonetheless, the the point is, I mean, he was he was every bit as, uh, as human as he was God. So, I mean, he had, he was in a physical body, and his physical body was was growing tired from uh, what he had uh, done that day, what he had accomplished. So, he's approaching even evening, um, and still they're bringing people, and, and it says um, they brought unto him many that were possessed with the devils and so on um, and, and that that's kind of the first thing I want to bring out they brought unto him many folks there are a lot of reasons that we can go to Christ and and, and in this case and we'll kind of see that I guess here in a little bit so, you know many of the people are coming to Christ for 
what they can get out of it. You know, they, they, they see this man and he's healing the sick and they think, oh wow, you know, I've got this problem or I have a relative that has this problem and uh, I can go to this guy and he can, he can take care of it. He can get it healed. And we, we, we see that a lot today. I get really perturbed um, with all these faith healers and stuff like that and the things that go on there. I mean, it's, it's also fake. You know, my heart grieves for the people that are coming because they they believe that they're actually going to get healed or have an opportunity to be healed, and they'll just line up in droves. And, of course, there's been so many exposés on how that whole process works. But you notice he says here they brought it to him many. It didn't matter what it was that was wrong with the people that were coming. You know, the people you see today doing these these divine healings, etc., um, they're very limited in the things they heal um, or, you know, claim to heal. Um, you know, you don't see them doing many of the miraculous things that, uh, that Jesus did. Jesus wasn't concerned with what it was. He, there was no limit to what Jesus could do. You know, he could do everything from healing a common cold to raising the dead. Made no difference. Um, but um, today you see, you see people coming and, and, and they're, only, they're only healing certain things. They'll, they'll divide them up and they'll only bring to stage certain ones, you know, with, with canes or something or, or, um, or crutches or something like that so they can make a spectacle of throwing the crutches away. And they have this whole thing they do about trying to make one, one leg that's shorter than the other and, and evening them out. And, you know, cracks me up. They're always only maybe an inch or two difference. And, of course, we know the trick that they do with the shoe and all that sort of thing. Um, you know, but they always... You know, they, 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 they want to lengthen this leg out. Well, they can only do it if it's really close. If there's only an inch or two difference. They, they can't do it if there's, you know, if they can't grow a new leg. You know, if somebody's missing a leg, they certainly can't make it closer if it's six inches apart. They can't, you don't see them do that. Um, so they're, they're limited in what they could do because it's all trickery anyway. Jesus, if he chooses to heal a person, he can heal a person no matter what it is that's wrong with them. So there, there were no limitations with Jesus. So that's a big difference from what you see today. Um, but he, it also mentions here that uh, many that were possessed with devils and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. Um, you know, I contend that a lot of the illnesses that we see today are, well, you know, maybe everything from just demon influence to demon possession. Um, because that, and that can even, you know, if you're in, if you're possessed of the devil, I mean, that can even have a physical impact on you. It can make a difference in your physical body. So, um, I, you know, if, if somebody could cast out all the demons, if they could bar Satan from possessing humanity, uh, you'd be amazed at the number of illnesses and diseases that would just just go away. I think especially in our mental institutions, they, they, they'd end up empty and going out of business because they wouldn't have any patients. So Jesus, uh, you know, the biggest thing here he did was 
cast out the devils and spirits. Notice how he did it. He did it with his word. Everything he did, or pretty much everything he did. Now, I know we just talked about the one where he touched um, touched a woman, you know, a few verses back that had come to him. And, and it didn't matter where he touched her. He just reached out and touched her. Um, and so sometimes he did that, but not always. Um, a lot of times he, he did it just with his word, and he didn't he didn't line them up, and the Holy Spirit didn't come upon them and, and knock everybody down. You see these guys on TV where they'll wave their hand and 50 people fall to the ground, or they'll slap them in the forehead and knock them down, or, you know, lay his hands on them or something. There's always this touching thing that they do to make for more, uh, make a more dramatic uh, presentation. That wasn't the way Jesus did it. There's no account in here anywhere where Jesus did that sort of thing. And in this case, like I said, he just simply did it with his word. And I don't think it was a, a command, you know, where he got loud and boisterous or screamed at him or did anything like that. He just, you know, said, okay, be healed. Okay, you're done. You, you, you know, because in some cases, you know, like he, he told him, look, look, go home and you know, he told the centurion, he says, go thy way as thou hast believed, and so be it done t uh, unto thee. And his servant was healed. You know, Jesus just told him to go ahead. Yeah, no problem. He's healed. You know, he didn't make a spectacle out of it. He just did it um, by his power. So, you know, if if there is such a thing as, as divine healing that, that, is, uh, that is preached and pronounced today by some denominations... Uh, Making a spectacle out of it is so unbiblical. It's so unlike Christ. It's not the way he did things. I think I don't. Uh, I don't think he had any intention of anything being done that way. Um, Jesus typically just did it so that they could go out and served him. And you know, you have people coming to uh, to Jesus just so they can be healed. Um, that's not that's not what he promises. He he promises us that you know we're he's going to give us a difficult road to uh, to follow, and, and we kind of get into that in this next section. Uh, you know, there's a song, uh, "Bring Them In," written uh, by a man by uh, Alex Connor Thomas back in the late uh, 1800s, and and there's a chorus in that song that says, "Bring them in, bring them in." Um, out in the desert, hear their cry. Out in the mountain, wild and high. Heart as a master speaks to thee. Go find my sheep where'er they be. I don't know if I got the tune exactly right, but you, you get the point. God's goal is to make people functional for the cause of Christ. Um, so his purpose is not just to heal them so they can live a fruitful life. It's to heal them so they can serve God. And like we talked about before, we were told the, the woman to get up and and go serve, you know, so she was, he took care of her, she got up and started serving him. So, you know, that's, that's the purpose. So he goes into this next section here, and it actually goes up through verse uh, 22, verses 18 to 22. You know, the, uh, the comforts to the Lord Jesus Christ were inferior to that of the comforts offered even to the wild beasts. He says, now, when you saw the great multitudes about him, he gave a commandment to depart to the other side. You know, this is what I was talking about before. He's tired. He needs a break. 
And a certain scribe came and said to him, Master, I'll follow you wherever you go, or where, where, soever thou goest. And Jesus said to him, Look, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. Uh, and another, well, let me, I'll hold off on that. First point is, be careful what you ask for. Jesus is saying, are you sure you've considered, you know, what you just said? You know, the guy says, look, I'll, I'll go with you wherever you go. I want to go. Well, he says, you know, it's not pleasant where I go. It's not easy where I go. Um, Peter found that out. You know, he, he didn't he didn't like what happened. He didn't like the, the fact that he was going to be persecuted and, and all that sort of thing. Um, and so he even um, denied Christ, you know, when Christ was being tried. And then in verse 21 says, Another disciple said to him, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, Follow me and let the dead bury their dead. You know, it's, there's kind of there's contrast here. You know, Jesus first is kind of discouraging him. He says, Are you sure you really want to do this? Because this is not going to be an easy road. And then the other guy says, Well, Maybe I better go off and take care of some other things first, and then I'll follow him. And he says, nope, follow me. Let the dead bury the dead. So on one hand, he's kind of discouraging them. On the other hand, he's saying he's commanding them to follow him. Um, so, you know, there's kind of a, a contrast there. Um, but, um, you know, that is the command. That is what God wants us to do. He's just telling us, look, we we need to know, uh, make sure that we have considered um, what lies ahead. Now, when Jesus looks at him, just as he did with, you know, these guys here, he knows what's going on inside. He knows what's going on in her heart. And that kind of really, I don't have time to really cover it in depth, but takes us into a whole new area. Of, you know, people use this saying, well, Jesus knows what's in the heart. He knows who you are. And, and they use this as an excuse to be casual, you know, casual dress, casual behavior, you know, come as you are kind of a thing to worship Christ. I don't believe that. I believe we should present our very best every opportunity we have. And they say, well, but, but God knows who you are. God knows your heart. He doesn't look on the outward man. He looks on the inward man. Well, of course, that's true. He does. But he knows why you're doing what you're doing. What you're saying is, well, okay, I don't have to do my best because God knows I love him. So I don't have to honor him. Well, yes, you do. You know, you remember the the, the wedding when, when um, Jesus said, you know, you know, he, he cast away some of the people that came to the wedding because they weren't in proper attire. Um, I, I believe Jesus expects us to, to, to be our best, to perform our best, to look our best. You know, whatever we do for Christ, you know, I sing in a gospel group. We practice all the time because we, want, we constantly want to get better. That's our goal because we want to sing the best we can for Christ. Well, if we want to do our best and you know, use our talents and develop our talents to maximum potential, why wouldn't we not want to look, you know, uh, our very best too? Why, why, why is there such a difference there in some of the things that we want to do our best for Christ and other things we don't? I, I believe if he knows our heart, then he's going to know why we've decided that we're not got, we're going to honor him in this way, but we're not going to honor him in that way. Y'all come to church. But only if I can wear my shorts and T-shirt and my flip-flops. Well, <clears throat> I don't. Just, I don't think that's proper. I don't, I don't think that's God honoring, and I don't think Jesus respects that. Um, because and why? Because He does know your heart. Because He does know who you are. He does know, and, and does He not look? He doesn't look on the outside when you don't know any better. But when you do know better, 
I believe he absolutely looks on the outside because the outside oftentimes reflects the inner inside. And Jesus knows what's in there. He can't hide it from him. Okay, we're past our, our 15 minutes here, so let's wrap it up here. And we'll come back next time, pick up on verse 23. God bless.